introducing your little one to the world of music is something I've always been a big believer in and something I regularly did during my childcare career to help calm and relax the children in my care. Singing to your child is an excellent bonding activity and there's no need to be put off. If like me, you're no Celine Dion. Your kids just want to hear you as you are and they don't care what you sound like. In this episode, I'm talking with Alison Newman, who is a singer, songwriter and mum to two boys. Alison works in early childhood in a kindergarten, so it was fantastic to compare our experiences of working with kids and introducing music to them in that setting. Alison shares some great tips and insights, and you'll hear her talk about how singing to your little one does amazing things to their brain how singing can expose your little one to words they may not have heard since it differs from everyday conversation and how singing can help calm your baby's nervous system if they are not settling and much much more i'm helen thompson and welcome to first time mum's chat i'm a child care educator and baby massage instructor and no that being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged mainly from four weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage. To find out how Baby Massage can help you to increase your confidence and feel more connected with your baby, check out My Baby Massage introduction video at mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. Let's do this together. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues. Hi Alison and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. It's great to have you here and I can't wait to talk all about the wonderful world of singing and what a great tool it can be for parents to use in their communication with the little one. Can you start by telling us a bit about you and your background? Yeah, sure. So thank you for having me, Helen. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, so I've been a singer since I was a child. I've been singing my whole life. My sister and I have done a lot of work together in a duo. My sister's about two and a half years younger than me. So I just always loved music. My family always had music on. I was really inspired by ABBA and the Beatles. Oh, yeah. And my dad used to play a lot of country and Western music. So I sort of credit that for teaching me how to improvise and how to change my voice in certain settings because I have quite a low voice and naturally I'm an alto. But to sing along in the same key as the country and Western men was too low, but to sing an octave mm-hmm. higher was too high. So I learned to sort of harmonise to be able to, to sing along. So I just picked up things along the way. I've had formal lessons for many years, but most of my singing is quite intuitive. I can play a couple of instruments, but not that well, just well enough to sort of bash out 
chords for my songwriting. And I've worked in early childhood education for the last 10 years. I've worked in a long daycare setting for nine years and I've been now working in the kindergarten setting. So still as an early childhood educator, but in more of a preparation for school setting. Yeah. So I love the way that music can transition between so many different settings. In early childhood, music is such a massive part of children's lives and is a wonderful way to build relationships and communicate and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I just find that it's just a part of our daily life. Yeah. It's really wonderful. Yeah, because it inspires us in so many different ways for children. I come from a childcare background as well. And as you may know, I also teach baby massage. And I love having music when I'm doing that because I'm singing and communicating and talking to the children through voice and through music. One of the things I'll say to mums when I'm singing to them with baby massage is, you don't have to be a good singer. I mean, I know you're trained in it and you're a good singer, but to say to mums, look, don't worry if you don't sing very well, because babies still love hearing your voice. And it doesn't matter if you don't sing well, they just appreciate you communicating with them in that way, because they learn different things. They learn vocabulary, they learn language, they learn so much through our expressions and what we do. Mm. And I think that's where I'm inspired by music, because I think so many mums don't involve music in their daily life. I think being afraid to make a fool of yourself is a really big thing. When you say about being able to sing properly, when I sing at work with the kids, I don't sing in my proper trained voice. I sing like anybody else would sing, almost like your talking voice. And some people often tease me and say, oh, why don't you sing properly? It's because I don't want to feel like I'm performing to the kids. Yes. It's just about the enjoyment that we get. And I used to take my youngest son, who's now seven, but when he was younger, we used to go to swimming lessons and when the mums are in the pool, bounce them around and sing songs. And a couple of my friends were there and they're like, you're not singing properly. I'm like, I'm not going to sing like I'm on stage while I'm playing with my baby in the pool. So even me, that is a proper trade singer. I don't sound fantastic when I sing with the kids. So yes. you don't have to be worried what you sound like. Kids, like you said, they just want to hear you. Becoming childlike and having that playfulness and that not being afraid to make a fool of yourself is something that is hard to get over but if you can do it the relationship that you'll build with your child and especially if you work with children being like that is imperative you cannot work in childcare <laughs> and not be like that so I think for parents it can be really tricky but kids just want you as you are they're not going to judge you they don't care what you sound like they just want to build those bonds and those relationships like you touched on singing language it's so important a lot of the children that come through aren't able to speak what we'd say in the, the norms of being able to pronounce their T's and their V's and their D's. And a lot of that comes from parents just simply not talking to their children, face-to-face mm-hmm. -face, speaking to children and the children seeing you sound out and make those shapes with your mouth. So just speaking to your child is just so important to start with. Then when you add in that singing, all the amazing things that fire off in their brain, the neurons are just going crazy because they're getting this amazing feedback in, into them. And not only does it teach those communication skills, but it's the nuances of conversation and rhythm. So even if you're reading a story, you might put on a bit of a sing-song voice because then you're, you're showing your child that language can be so many other things. Yeah. I remember when we first spoke, you were telling us that you had a child who was still learning language and learning how to communicate. And you and your colleagues started singing. 
And then one day he started singing back. And I thought that was so wonderful. It's incredible. Yeah. I call them play school songs. So they're basically little ditties, little rhymes. You've got a a tune that you can make up any words you like to. So the one we did for him was up, up, up the steps, up the steps we go, up, up, up the steps, up the steps we go. And we just repeat that whenever we'd had a moment where we're changing his nappy, he was going up the steps outside. We've got the play area and he's walking up the steps to go to the slide and yeah, one day he started singing it back to us and everybody just went, oh my gosh, it was yes. just this incredible moment. And I overheard him taking himself up the steps of a slide and he was singing that as he went up the steps with no one else around him. And it was like, oh, this is amazing. Mm. We use that same little song for washing hands. Um, wash, wash, wash your hands, wash your hands today. Wash, wash, wash your mm-hmm. hands, wash the germs away. If you just make up anything. Yes, I, I used to do that. Yeah. yeah, and it's just that familiarity, the repetitiveness, that's something else that helps because, as we know, babies really thrive on that, being able to anticipate what's coming next. It makes them feel safe and secure and builds that attachment. So, yeah, and you notice when I sang then, I'm not singing properly. It doesn't have to be something amazing. <laughs> No, I agree. It doesn't. And that's exactly what I wanted to communicate with you about. So we've talked about the communication. We know that it's really important for babies to make that secure attachment to one adult first, which is usually the mother, and then they can build attachments with others as they go through. So that talking to, but the singing to um, is really good at, at helping to build that attachment and that bond. And yeah, that predictability is a really, really important thing. The nuance of language that we've spoken about, the rhythm. So even if you're reading a book, I love The Very Cranky Bear. Mm. The, the, just the way that that book rolls through the rhythm. I just love it. I, whenever we get it out, the kids love it. And it, it's just a really, really good book. That is a top one for, for that sort of rhythm. And it helps to build familiarity with new words, because often when we're singing, we might use words that we don't use in our general day-to-day conversation. So that's another little plus that they're hearing words that they may not have heard. And it helps to hold attention. So Mm -hmm. if you've got a baby who's a little unsettled, you'll calm that nervous system either way. They'll switch off from whatever is troubling them and they'll focus on you. And that's a really good thing too. Yeah. I noticed that when we do baby massage. Yes. It's lovely. They do connect when you sing to them in that respect and you just have to look at the way that babies and children look at you when you're singing they're just so engaged with you and it's almost Mm -hmm. like this wonder of oh what is this this is amazing it's quite incredible to watch and I really I really like that the fact that it's just playful and fun it helps you relax as a mother you know sometimes it's really hard (laughs) for little people and sometimes if you can just get into a bit more of a playful mode and singing can help that. That can help you to relax as well and maybe not take things so seriously. That's something I learned mm. with my second child, actually, not to take things so seriously. Mm. Uh, and as the kids get older, adding in actions is really great too because that helps to build fine and gross motor skills and it adds that extra element of challenge to be able to put two things together, being able to sing being able to do your actions. It also is massive for building connections. You can always tell, and I'm sure you'll probably agree, you can tell the children that have been sung to at home when they come into a daycare setting because you put a music on and straight away they're up, they're boogieing, moving their body, they know the actions, and that can help build relationships between children as well. So they're bonding over that shared common knowledge and common ability. So there's just so many great things to it, you know. I And it's so accessible. Like we said, you don't need to sing in a certain way. You don't need to get out the latest and greatest songs or buy DVDs or whatever. It's as simple as 
as your own voice and your own interaction. Mm. And I think that's more important to a child to see their parent or their caregiver providing that rather than here you go, have the iPad and, and listen to some music. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and seeing you, and you mentioned before about older children doing the actions, but with younger kids, you can still do the actions because they'll still learn how to do it. With babies, obviously, you're sort of doing it with them. I do a lot of crossing the midline mm-hmm. when I'm working with baby massage and I make up songs as I go. They're never the same ones. Each class I do, they're never the same. But I always say to the parents, look, I'm just making this up as I go. And that's exactly what you do. This is your left hand and we're going to cross the right. And you just make a little song about it. Yeah, and they absolutely. learn so much by that. And yeah. when you do it when they're young, mm-hmm. as you say, they'll be more inspired when they're older. They may not be great singers. They may not want to sing. They may not want to dance. But yeah. you're giving them that opportunity to be inspired and learn through music and voice, which I think is valuable, as we've said. And it's yeah. a communication as well. Yeah, and music and dance and that, they're the whole world unto their own so if you do grow up and you do go into these worlds at least you've had that grounding like I said you're inspired and and they are amazing worlds to be part of if you go into a musical world there's just so many things so positive about being involved in music as an adult as well Mm -hmm, Um, definitely trying to incorporate it in just everyday actions I think is really a great way of doing it if your child's building up with some blocks I'll I'll often go um, build them up build them up build them high build them up, 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 mm. just these little songs that you've seen on play school. Pretty much any situation that you've got going on at home, whether you're washing the dishes or getting dressed or something, there's some little ditty song that play school has sung about, you know. Yes, Put yes. on your hat. Or even with sunscreen as well because some kids hate putting on sunscreen. Yeah. And you can make a little song about it. And when you're putting their hat on, as you say, this is the way we leave a hat on and you encourage yep. it to, and you say we put our hat on for the sun. There's so many yeah. things you can do to encourage them to, if they hear that, they think, oh, it's actually quite nice to have my hat on. If I put my hat on, somebody will sing to me, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and I think too, using music in the, the periods where you're transitioning between different things is really yes, useful. Yes, I was going to mention that. Yeah, we find that the children that we have at kindy they anticipate, they know when the bell goes, we're all going to gather together and we're going to sing something. And this anticipation of, oh, what are we going to sing today? And who's going to lead us? And it becomes this really shared sort of excitement. And taking it back as simply as you said about when you're you're doing your massage and you're changing the hands going this way and swapping over, that change doesn't become a scary thing because you're supported through that with the music and you're feeling quite relaxed. So I think that's a massive thing, using it for transitions is really mm-hmm. useful, yeah. It's very beneficial because I've actually noticed that when I was working in childcare, how if you want a child to tidy up, for instance, or if you want a child to calm down, particularly a tidy up song, you can just put on this particular song yeah. and they know that that song is for tidying up. When you sit down with them, you go through it, you say, right, We're going to choose a song to help us to tidy up and you give them a little choice. And then they get to know that that song, oh, it's tidy up time, let's tidy up. And they get inspired to tidy up because listening to music while they're doing it. Yeah. It's no different to us when we've got to do the house cleaning and we put the music on in the background just to help us get through because it's one of those things we've got to do and no one particularly loves it. I don't anyway. Well, no, I'm not one of the (laughs) ones that like it either. 
But that's the thing, isn't it? And that familiarity again. We've got a song at Kindy for packing up. We be the Kindy train and the Kindy train <laughs> chuff, chuff, chuffs along and then it stops and then we pack up whatever we stopped at. And it's always fun to see who's going to be the leader of the train and just, yeah, something really simple as that just is yes. really fun. Yeah. I agree. It is such a fun thing to do and all kids should be gently encouraged to music. Uh, I think it's a very valuable thing. Something I was thinking about it while we were talking. You know how some mums put on music when they're pregnant and they sort of dance when they're pregnant and put music to the baby's tummy? I think that's that's the good thing as well because you're encouraging your baby to music when you're pregnant. Yeah, absolutely. That is so good. And even if you can sing to them as well when they're in the womb, that is massive because we know that the babies start learning language while they're in the womb. We know that and then they recognise people's voices. So, yeah, by adding in that music, the singing, the movement, yeah, it's only going to enhance it. It's really good to be able to do that if you can, yeah. And I think it's fun too because if you're feeling, gosh, you just want to get this baby out because you're just so huge and you just suddenly think, God, I want this baby out. And if you sing, it encourages them to move around inside and you can feel them kicking and having fun. Yeah, well, the thing with anything movement or singing related is you get these endorphins released into the bloodstream that make you feel good. Yeah. So it's no wonder we love dancing. If we're feeling a bit down, put some music on. So it's really no different for our little people. Absolutely not. I entirely agree with you. I am currently planning my episode content for 2023 and I would love to hear from you. Whether you'd like to listen to more episodes where I discuss the benefits of singing to your little one and or music, why not take a moment and leave me a voice message and let me know. You can do this by going to mybabymassage.net forward slash message. That's mybabymassage.net forward slash message. Have you done any meditation type music? Yeah, well, my sister and I and her husband, we've done an album of, we call it Music for Meditation. We call it Alemjo. Jo. Alison, she's Emma and John, so Alemjo. So it's not the most creative name. And we were asked oh, seven years ago, it was the day before I had my second child, we put on a show with a yoga teacher here in Mount Gambia. She approached <laughs> us a few months before and she wanted to do a chakra balancing class. So for those who aren't familiar, the chakras points through the midline of the body, starting from the crown and on your forehead, your throat, your heart, your solar plexus, your hips and your base. So that's like your tailbone. And they're all different colours and they all sort of align with or coincide with feelings, emotions. So there's sort of two sides of the chakra. So I use the analogy of the throat chakra, which is blue. Sometimes if your throat chakra is out of whack, you might speak too much, but you also mightn't speak enough. So it goes sort of both ways. And she asked us to put together some music for this class, which we did. And we did about, oh, so after probably about four tracks after as well. And you can find all of these on Spotify and iTunes and all that sort of stuff. And that's really great for obviously relaxation, meditation. A lot of people I know have used it for babies. There are a couple of tracks where we use a singing bowl. It's like a modern pestle. I don't know how this will come through the microphone, but it makes like a vibrational sound or you can just hit it one time and it'll go. 
and a couple of songs there are some dings. So if babies are asleep, when they hear that ding, they might sort of stare. I don't know if they do or they don't. I just like to put that out there. They're not too loud. Yeah, so that's a project that we've done in the past and we're hoping to do some more of that as well. Life gets busy, so that's one of the things we haven't gotten back to. But, yeah, my sister and I, we sing and chant throughout the tracks. We play some shakers, a little bit of percussion, the singing bowl. And Emma's husband does all the instrumentals and keyboard and he does a lot of looping. So that's been really fun. And as a soloist, I've released on my first album of original stuff. It's called Heart Songs. Right. Uh, that was in 2019. And it's really quite a folky album. I don't quite know how to describe it. There's a bit of blues on there, a bit of rock. There's some ballads, some sort of traditional folk. All sorts of different bits and bobs, really. Right now I'm working on my next album, which is coming out next year, hopefully next year, as <laughs> it's taking so long. I'm actually working with my production teams in Spain and Argentina. So oh, we wow. do everything virtually, which is really fun because I don't have to leave my home. I don't have to travel anywhere. The town that I live in doesn't really have any resources for recording at the moment. People come and go. And there's no one here now. So I'd have to go to Melbourne or Adelaide, which is just a bit much of a commitment, you know, when you've got a young family and yeah, of course, financially. So basically doing a track at a time and it's a very different album. They're calling it sort of a dark pop. So it's quite heavy uh, compared to the other album. And it's all about my experience with postnatal depression, which I had with both of my boys. It's called Wolf, like the big bad wolf and I think there's going to be six or seven tracks and each track is sort of an exploration of an experience that I had within that journey of postnatal depression and it's going to run chronologically from when it first happened the first track's called things are about to get dark so it's a bit of a preamble to what's coming up and each track moves through and the last track will be sort of not everything's fine again because after an experience yes. like that, you never quite go back to normal, but that's sort of the premise of the album. We've done th- four tracks, so hopefully next year we'll get it all finished and that'll be available on all the streaming platforms as well. I think that'll be excellent for the mums because not everybody goes through post- postnatal depression, but a lot of people do and having music to help you get through that is so valuable. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm hoping that it will start some conversations because I know it's an uncomfortable topic and not everybody feels comfortable reaching out for help or talking about things like that. So yeah, I'm really passionate about sharing my own journey and my story just so that it can help others basically. So Mm. that's where I'm coming from with it. Yeah, And also it's helped me work through a lot of things too in the process. Yes, I bet it has. Well, thank you. I'm definitely going to put those all in the show notes because I know we didn't talk about the postnatal depression side, but having that as something that parents can go to as an inspiration, I think it all links in with music. Yeah. And if anyone's interested, I also do a podcast called The Art of Being a Mum. I interview mums who are artists and creatives about the challenges and the joys as well that they've had and experienced while trying to keep creating while being a mum. And that's been going for about a year and a half and it's really fun. It comes out every Friday and, yeah, that's on all the streaming platforms as well. I've actually listened to your podcast and I thought it was very inspirational. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I highly recommend mums to listen to it because it's a very good podcast. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's good fun. 
I'm learning a lot and making some really great connections around the world. So yeah, it's really fun. Yes, you do when you do podcasts. Thank you, Alison, for being on the podcast. I've really enjoyed talking to you all about music and having the connection with Shardcast. Yeah, thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thanks so much. And all the mums listening, just throw away your inhibitions and sing and have a great time. Wow, Alison says some great tips. And I hope we've motivated you to put aside any nerves or inhibitions and sing to your little one. You've got so much to gain and it can closen your bond with them as well. I've included links in the show notes to Alison's The Art of Being a Mum podcast as well as her website and her meditation and other music which she spoke about during the episode. I highly recommend checking them out and listening to her podcast, which I know you'll enjoy. I've included links to these in the show notes, which can be accessed at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash zero nine nine.